podcast episode three and I am Caitlin Bradley your co-host and I'm joined here today with Bob Towers how are you Bob? Hello Caitlin I'm very well very well thank you um, I've, I've actually been doing something very interesting and creative uh, this week. Oh go on tell us more. Well I'm pitching the idea of a new tv program to uh, for channel four yeah it's yep. called um, Housewives of Thornton Cleveleys. <laughs> I just think it's got so much potential. It's completely new. No one's thought of this idea. And the material that we can have there, it's unbelievable. Yes, I love that. Is it's that a, inspired us, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> How a community of women exists when their husbands are away at sea. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we are joined here today, uh, rejoined here today, revisiting um, Dave Smith. Now, Dave Smith was our first guest uh, on our season one podcast. So, yes, we're excited to revisit and see where he is now and what he's been up to during this horrific pandemic. But yeah, so hi, Dave. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Dave, this is the, the case of like-minded podcast. <laughs> Dave, at one time, had a very great career, brilliant things were happening, touring the world, comes on the Like-Minded podcast, and my God, that all changed, so <laughs> tell us about what's been happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, pretty much now all I do is drink copious amounts of alcohol and play Xbox, but um, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, it, it, it's been odd, it's been an odd, I keep thinking, I keep thinking we're still in 2020 but we're not it feels that way doesn't it very much in the new year um but yeah i'd say it's strange a lot's happened but not a lot has happened with me since since recording because i think we recorded in august yeah i think it was last year well let's 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 give a bit of background for people who maybe didn't hear the 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 first podcast because um dave worked for ablib sorry adlib audio and uh, they are um, a live events provider. And so many people work in the live events industry that everything was put on hold when we got to kind of February or March. And we were thinking at the time, maybe this is a blip, but clearly live events have been devastated globally now. And we've had major festivals canceled. We've had, um, West End and Broadway theatres closed. And of course, our local grassroots theatres um, closed. Um, it's all those people that are in the supply chains as well as those directly in, involved. So that, that's a bit of background. So what, what's been happening uh, with you since that time, uh, Dave? Because, you know, you're very, you were very much one of those people that's on the road touring with, um, with, with live events. So, so give us an update, please. Um, yeah, so uh, since uh, we did the last record, um, I started working for Iceland. Um, I had a, a, a two-month period of my life where I became an Iceland delivery driver. <laughs> Feeding the nation. Feeding yeah. the nation. They're the best um, people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all, all the fish fingers and chicken nuggets and... <laughs> Cases oh my god, cases they, these water. are essentials that, that we need, by the way. Yeah, well, these exactly, are the essentials. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I went and got that job because um, at the time there was the worry that furlough was ending um, and then and then I really needed just some sort of financial income. Um, so I was there for two months. Uh, I then had to leave Iceland, which was, oh, it was, it was a sad time to leave. 
leave the cause <laughs> and leave, leave them. Um, I left there because we had bits of some events coming back in. Um, so I did a couple bits in London, uh, here and there, um, all kind of streaming based gigs, mm. things like that. Um, but primarily, uh, being working with Liverpool City Council and the NHS and doing PPE distribution. Um, yeah. And which is yeah. Tell developed. me a bit more about that because that's your volunteering role, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I started it in. Uh, I think it's April time, um, and it was just literally um, just just something to do to fill mm. the days. Because um, I went from having this really hectic kind of lifestyle of always being busy um, to being sat on my backside yeah. for weeks and weeks on end, and it really just physically wasn't doing me any good. Yeah, and yeah, but probably more so. This also, must have been a, a massive physical shock to you because you were like up at six o'clock in the morning, out on the road, working till two o'clock in, in the morning and stuff. So yeah. to go from that to, to nothing must have been a, a such a, a shock to you in, in every way. Yeah, it, it was. Um, don't get me wrong. The first, I think the first month of lockdown was great. It really yeah. was because I think <laughs> a lot of us, uh, a lot of my kind of colleagues and friends that we'd had, a really hectic touring season mm. the back end of 2019 into January and February and I think a lot of us were close to getting burnt out kind of and it mm. was so that 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 first month that it was like right I'm gonna do nothing yeah and it was, it's a it, blessing it, isn't it? it it was really nice and then yeah it got old very quickly mm-hmm. but yeah it it like the physical side one thing but I think realistically it's the mental side more mm. of you know, you're waking up to do nothing, and it, it that was kind of I think that was the main thing. So um, it was my friends at um, Event Design uh, Co. who are a site management, health and safety production company. They're the kind of they're the people who are behind um, the giants when they come to Liverpool. They do all yeah. the site production management. Mm. Um, any praise they do they, they look after limp festival uh mm. and they do stuff all around the country um, but i've got really good friends there so they they were looking after the kind of ppe distribution um to care homes uh, mm-hmm. uh the nhs a lot of that kind of stuff um so yeah just started giving them a hand um doing bits and that's developed since into now sorting out um all the suppliers with mass testing sites around Liverpool, yeah. all that. So it's kind of been, I've took my knowledge of all these different lights and cables and consoles and all that, and now I've uh, transferred it to different types of masks, gloves, gowns, yeah. aprons, all this. It, yeah. Wow. But it's, um, it's been good. And it, 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 I think it was an eye-opener when we first got into this lockdown and pandemic of, well, this is the other side of it. And it, it definitely mm. made me more cautious because there's definitely a horrible side to it because, like, you know, we're sending out all the mask gloves, all that kind of stuff, but we are sending, like, things like we have, like, stocks of body bags and uh, and yeah. that kind of... that You see that side of it, and it was yeah. really... It was an eye-opener to it. And it yeah. was kind of infuriating as well because you, you're looking at you look at people who are just flaunting it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's... And, and you go... Well, we're sending them out so there is this cause to you know but 
yeah. yeah. So yeah, doing that with the cows and all, which has been it's been interesting. Uh, I, I, it's very much shown me that I'm not suited to the nine till five. <laughs> Kind of. Not many people are. No. We're not meant to. We're not born for this nine to five and working no. 60, 50 years of your life and then yeah. retiring for 20 just, and then dying. Yeah, <laughs> race, race into the weekend every weekend. But no, it's been yeah. good. It's, it's a good laugh with the guys working with. But um, no, I did have the chance to do one one kind of bit of normality this year, which was, um, again, work with event design um, mm. and, and subcontracting through AdLib, who I work for. I was down with the, the guys down there putting together the Blenheim Palace um, Illuminated Christmas Trail, mm. which is it, it is an amazing, uh, amazing event. Um, I shouldn't say that because it wasn't an event, it was a trail. Um, <laughs> but yeah, did did whole... that go ahead, Dave, or did it get pulled in the end? How, how uh, did I... No, so uh, amazingly, it, it went ahead. Um, right. Because, because it was a trail and it was outdoors, and all the mm. social distancing was in place. Um, yeah, it went ahead. It was great. Uh, obviously, it was reduced numbers this year, mm-hmm. but um, it, it was a bit of normality. Um, don't get me wrong; it was freezing cold. We had flood on site. We had snow on site. Um, but it was nice because I think people. It was that kind of bit of normality. It was. It was different, you know, like all the hand sanitizing, spacing of people. Um, yeah less people on the site um but yeah it was really really nice to have that little bit of normality and i know like i was extremely lucky to be Mm. one one of like one person out of the industry yeah i think people appreciate it more and i think going like out of this lockdown uh, out of the pandemic when we're when we get all vaccined and everything um people appreciate things a lot more and i've noticed a lot more people put more effort into like birthdays and things like sending stuff out like three weeks i don't know just people appreciate everything a lot more i think now Mm. and i think it had to take a pandemic for that to happen it's Mm. quite sad but yeah yeah. i think like as well it it really reaffirms with me and and how much it does for like my mental health to Mm. to actually be doing what or what kind of want to be doing and really enjoy because it really it kind of changed me like for the time I was down there and being back it was you know it was everything kind of was clicking right again mm. um which I I didn't know about myself until this all came about I didn't really yeah. think it would affect me that way but it really really has been um, no I, I spotted that with you there last time when when you were on and you you, you said something like this that the the crew that that you're with you don't see them as colleagues, you see them as, as family. Yeah, totally. um, it's a big thing from going to that day in, day out interaction with people and being, you know, having the beer after the gig and that to suddenly be cut off is such a challenge to our mental health that we yeah. don't do that anymore. Yeah. And that, that's such a big challenge for all of us, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's pretty much what I've been up to the past uh, yeah couple, couple well let, let's just talk about because uh, let, let's just talk about the kind of um bigger sector um of, of what's been happening in the live live events industry then because we you know um some some people working in in the live events industry were on um employees contracts um so were furloughed until the furlough started be, uh, being caught and, and run out 
Um, we spotted that there's been uh, something like 90,000 redundancies in, in the country. And then there's those that weren't on um, that kind of employment, but were self-employed. So there's all those that have lost. So give us a bit of overview to what you think is going on in the industry generally at, at the moment. Mm, um, yeah, it's it's still difficult times really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> we, so yeah, the redundancies have been mental. Um, I know for the, for the fact the firm I work for, I live, we sadly had to make, uh, I think it was a third, a third of the company redundant, um, which was horrible. Coming from such a, we're a big company, but we work as, as like a small family. Mm. So losing the people was, was horrible. Um, it's very much though, hopefully it's an open door kind of redundancy. People, once, once the event industry comes back and we can kind of start moving again, these people can come back and hopefully they will come back because it's a worry that you know, potentially they won't they can't they've got other jobs and kind of thing um but yeah the so the, the we make events campaign has mm. been continually moving um and now there's there's really good contact now between the we make events campaign and the government and things are moving better um, yeah we were lucky well, i say lucky but obviously fellow got extended again after it kind of finished and was because that was a big big worry for the companies that do employ full-time staff, that we were getting to a point where Fairlow was disappearing again. And, you know, I, I think if that had happened, the redundancies would have been, like, way surpassed 90,000. Yeah, yeah. And obviously 90,000 isn't just within our industry, and, but across the board, but it would have, you know, would have gone way higher. Um, but it was, it was really good to see that we did get... Um, the DCMS Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, mm. yeah, which is who look after us and live events, theatre, anything cultural, and put together the Cultural Recovery Grant, which has been a massive lifesaver to I know mm. a lot of companies. I know a lot of, and not just companies, theatres, heritage sites. Uh, yeah. It's really been that lifeline that we needed. Yeah. Um, to help kind of pay salaries when failure was going to end, pay mortgages, and um, that's been really good. Um, but yeah, the, the, we're still struggling with, it's like, I think I think the stats was, it was around 72% of the industry in live events are freelance, and they're, they're still yeah. the people that are struggling. The amount of um, really well-skilled technicians um, that I know of, that are now Tesco delivery drivers um, working in shops, kind of, and uh, you know, really highly skilled people mm -hmm. that are now having to well make ends meet. Yeah, um, and and this this is one of my concerns that um, loads of those people that were working in the industry have had to go out and get other jobs, and um, they we don't know when the industry will will reopen when the live events industry will re reopen and we don't know if it's going to be phased in really gently so there's going to be like small uh, local events um, so my fear is that some of those people will not return to the industry because you know if if it was next week you'd be banging on the door to get back in um, oh, yeah. but uh, you know if, if, if it's kind of six months time 12 months time 
um, and then with the, the, the kind of restart is very slow, we might have lost people from the industry and entirely. And then nobody knew has been taken on the industry mm -hmm. for the past 12 months. Yeah. So we're losing all, all that kind of talent and, and skill within the mm -hmm. industry. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of the, one of the new things um, that the We Make Events campaign is now asking governments to, uh, because it is a big worry, and it's to have like a kind of government-backed COVID insurance yes. for events. Because at the moment, and where it will get to in the coming months when things start to get eased, it's the worry that you know promoters need to put a lot of money on the line to yeah. get events going and start them up. And if there's no kind of safety net there, people just aren't gonna and they can't take the jump and put put anything on. Yeah. So it's asking for that kind of that backing, that a little bit of insurance, just so you know. It can re like recover the costs that if anything has to get cancelled again, and yeah. to look into more kind of like proactive COVID nineteen testing for large scale events. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, and that kind of because th there's been trials in Germany with testing for gigging and testing. For, it's kind of similar to what they're doing in the airports where. Mm -hmm. You, know, you turn up, you get, you do your test within 15 minutes. You have a green thing on your phone, a yellow or a red. If it's yellow or red, you're not flying, not getting yeah. to the airport, kind of thing. Yeah. Developing that to make it similar for events, because I know they're doing it in uh, a couple of months ago when football restarted and we started having fans like up to 2,000, 4,000 fans in stadiums. Mm -hmm. It was a similar vibe. You had to have a negative COVID test. I think that well, I believe in Liverpool. That's what it was. It was a negative COVID test to, to go and see the match. And it's that kind of how do we work that out and get something in place that you know we can tick all the boxes and start going back. Um, yeah, and I and I think that that would work. I mean, the the problem with with that at the airport at the moment is it was adding a hundred pounds onto everyone's like flight ticket. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we, we can't afford that in terms of, a, of events, but if we make it accessible and make it uh, available on, on a mass testing basis, then it becomes more feasible there. And we've seen this, haven't we, um, Caitlin, in terms of, do you know, um, theatre groups have said, oh, we're, we're planning uh, to put this show on in July this year. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're looking and saying, oh, I, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, you, you're brave. But those brave companies that are kind of making plans at the moment, it would just be great if there was an insurance where they could go and book somewhere, you know, book a venue. Um, and, and knowing that if the worst came to the worst, you, they would at least get back what, what, they've, um, what they've spent out in it. I think that's good as well, though, um, having something planned, though. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all dreary, isn't it? At the moment, like and yeah, it's horrible. But to have something that you're working towards, I think is it, it's needed. Even if it's you know it's a loose date, I think yeah like, for for the kind for like you say like community theatre and stuff, just something that people can be working towards and like focusing on like that yeah. at the end of the tunnel thing, mm -hmm. I guess. Because I think this lockdown, lockdown number three, has been definitely the hardest. I don't know whether it's because of the weather or because it was a mm. new year and people thought, like, new year, new start. Like, not that COVID would have ended on the 31st of December, yeah. but <laughs> they were just, like, looking to the new year to plan stuff. And I think that has been a hard thing 
definitely especially for myself to plan anything you, yeah we just can't but that's what we love to do we love to have plans and go out and whatever but I, so I, have... I can't believe we haven't got anything on our calendar for bloody um, may june you know we are normally we're kind of booked off well in advance and, and this yeah. is just scary having nothing yeah mm. it is and I, I just think that as, as we move into the warmer kind of um, uh, season, which, which may or may not happen, but as we get into spring and summer, we can at least look at planning some kind of outdoor uh, events, which did take place kind of last year, you know, socially distanced and whatever, would be a kind of toe in the water towards getting back to, to normality and, yeah. and, and pleasant things. But I think, um, you know, a day spot on there with some of those, uh, really simple demands that Red Alert and people like that have been um, raising for this kind of um, COVID insurance scheme, which will be backed by the government, testing um, uh, testing our venues prior to mm -hmm. venue, um, keeping the um, VAT off the tickets will, would, would be a real help, yeah. and giving grants instead of loans to, um, to, to events, companies and stuff. So really simple and, and effective de demands that, that can be made there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's good to have something to look forward to. But now we've also got a new issue uh, with Brexit, haven't we? Um, <laughs> yeah, touring companies working abroad. Like, how? What are your views on that? Um, see, I was good last time. I didn't. Really, I, I, I stepped away from the Brexit thing because we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I know. Well, I got pre warned um, before saying it might get political. I was like, oh, great, <laughs> fantastic. Not, not, not political as such, but yeah. So. Brexit happens. We're now in this independent state that we are, um, but it's really going to affect us as an industry um, across theatre, arts, music. Um, what it's now currently looking like is that, uh, whereas we could work anywhere in the EU and there wasn't the need for work permits, that's now looking like for every European country within the eu uh it'll be an individual work permit for every country um i'm talking the extra costs of carnets for all the equipment because it's not just staff and it's going to affect um it's all the equipment that has to mm. be mm. processed and travel um and it, it it's looking like it's going to really really affect us i think it's mm. it's like 5.8 million gets brought in by European touring to the UK right. every year. Yeah. And suddenly that, that's looking like that will disappear very quickly. Um, wow. Obviously, it's two two-way street. It's European artists coming into the UK as well mm -hmm. and all that kind of that, that kind of vibe. But there was in place the, the, the UK government and the EU are going backwards and forwards at the moment. Um, there was talk of having the 90 day yeah. free travel visa yeah. between both ways. However, the UK rejected that down to that, the whole thing of Brexit that they yeah. want, that the current government want is that we want to be able to control our borders. But really that is just shooting like all this, all musicians in the foot really. Um, yeah. It's been for many years that big American touring artists come to UK production companies because we're world leading in it, um, yeah. they come to us and give us their their American spec, and then we take it round Europe. Whereas now, with all the extra costs, 
and all that kind of extra, I don't know, force essentially. It, it, it's the paperwork as well as the cost, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's going to it's going to be just easier for these American tours to go straight through Germany and other France, Spain, and go get local production there, travel around Europe, mm. and then potentially bring that into the UK mm. and then tour around the UK and then back to go to Europe. And it, it it's a big worry that we're already seeing on a lot of the forums, um, on Facebook, a lot of the kind of um, like kind of holiday, you know, um, I don't think the name of it, but like technicians for like holiday resorts and like crews and big cruise companies. Yeah. They're putting their adverts up for the next season and specifically asking for non UK passport holders. Wow. Oh, really? wow. So I didn't it, know that. Yeah. No. It, it, it's wow. already happening because it's the extra costs that are going to be incurred. And I've seen a lot of people going, well, these big artists, they've got loads of money. Like it's not going to affect it, but it will. It will. It touring, the touring market is on such small margins that even these big massive tours, any money counts. You know? Yes. And for for a crew of two thousand people, or sorry, not two thousand people, a crew of like a hundred people, mm. you, you know, the, it's really going to be adding up if every place they go they need a work yeah. visa, and then we're talking yeah. insurance and. It, mm. so it's just that it's after a really difficult year it's like um, here you are <laughs> here's this next hurdle yeah it, it you yeah. know it's currently early days and you know the dcms have uh have said that you know there's definitely scope for more conversation about it mm. um there's definitely can be back and forth between the EU and us that's good it's just it, it but it is horrific like, you know it's scary to think of what it could be at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's 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 a fair bit of information coming in and out, but it's a kind of wait and see at the moment. And obviously it's difficult at the moment because we can't test it out, we can't tour. So yeah. I think it's again it's gonna yeah. be a thing of when we get through COVID and all that kind of stuff can be be relaxed, then we can start looking at well how does how does this work? But hopefully there's there's good conversations happening at the moment, positive ones that hopefully it's not going to be all doom and gloom, but who knows? Yeah. Well, just just before we wind up, um, though, though, Caitlin, I, I yeah. want to ask Dave um, about um, does he miss seeing the inside of a van and sleeping in the inside of a van and um, spending time at home? What's that like? Um, has his drinking increased or decreased since his, his, his roadie <laughs> days? Come on, Dave, fill us in. Uh, don't think I miss sleeping on a tour bus at the moment. <laughs> don't think I miss that. Uh, but then I guess some days, yeah, I'd happily go back and be bounced across the country. Um, yeah, drinking's definitely gone up, but yeah. everyone's got to have their advice, haven't they? You know? uh, but we're not doing weekday at the moment. Weekdays. Oh, good. that's good. Um, after five o'clock. Uh, yeah, well, to be fair, I was actually really good on the first all last year. It was never before five o'clock unless the footy was on. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's rules in place. Yeah, you've got to set limits. There's, just yeah, setting <laughs> limits on it, but yeah, keeping keeping tabs on it. Well, okay, um, Caitlin, Caitlin does this thing about um, there are only two occasions when she drinks, when it's raining and when it's not raining. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say when the weekend's with the Y. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, is that is that a drinks drinks cabinet or shelf behind you? <laughs> it's, it's an extensive Dead. stock. <laughs> it's my gin cabinet. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> That's that looks like you know that that looks like what Guns and Roses would have when they were touring. That that was, <laughs> but that's like what Caitlin would have in, in one evening. No, not one evening. I just to be fair, most of them are empty. I like collecting gin bottles. I just do. I don't know why. Most yeah, you of them like are empty. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I do like empty. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on dave it was such a pleasure thank and i always learn so much um hopefully that's less well, I, I think we but... should do the plan to get dave back for the third time maybe in kind of late summer or autumn and just see what crazy state the world and, and the live events industry is yeah. in then. Yeah. Be it'll be nice to look back in this in like 10 years time <laughs> if this podcast is still here yeah. be like how it's changed yeah dave's still working in iceland then yeah <laughs> yeah, be, I, yeah that, that'll be a sight of by the third if i come back a third time if i'm back at iceland we'll know things are going well oh. but, but hopefully hopefully by the summer there's Definitely. potential it's not all doom and gloom well thank Thanks. you so yeah. much Cheers, um, so if you want to subscribe to this podcast um it's on all major platforms um spotify apple music google play is it yeah oh, probably. Not. Probably. yeah um <laughs> yeah it's on all the major platforms and you can find us at likemindedproductions.co.uk um our facebook I, uh, and instagram let, pages let's, let's say a big thank you to our uh, producer um andrew smith who's uh, who's the second favorite son of his parents <laughs> just stay muted sorry Bob I've got to, to unmute myself there you made a mistake there uh, I am the favourite son on first David is you know if he could be he'd be in third place but he's not right. <laughs> wow <laughs> so thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon thanks thank everyone you. bye, bye.